I'm Katie McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. There's this temptation that usually arrives, I'd say right about now, during the season of Lent. And it's either this desire to kind of give up, things are hard, I already messed up at some point, my Lenten commitment has failed, so I'll just kind of throw in the towel and try again next year. Or we try to amp it up. Let's crank it to 100 and see if we can make it even more challenging, even more difficult. Because Lent is about suffering, right? And those two extremes, throw in the towel or make it even harder than it was before, I think could ultimately result in a really terrible Lent. Now, maybe there's no such thing as a really terrible Lent. The Lord is going to do what he's going to do in the season of Lent. Lent doesn't happen to us. It's something that we experience. It's a journey through the desert that we embrace. But what if there was a a part of our Lent, maybe all of our Lent, in fact, that we decided we were going to try to keep simple? Simplicity for its own sake is actually maybe the thing that can make Lent, quote unquote, successful. Grand gestures, excessive attempts at penance, no one's going to stop you from maybe being a little more intense in your Lent. But what if we recognized that the simplicity can actually lead us to an openness to what the Lord wants to do? That the desert is a place where there's not a lot to both look at or even experience because it's in that simplicity, maybe even in that arid environment that God can do something. I feel like week after week when we start these podcasts, you know, I'm kind of talking from a place of, oh, this is what we should do during Lent and this is what we ought to do in the season of Lent as if I'm some sort of expert. It might be the third season of Lent podcasts that we've done here on Ave Explorers, but year after year, I walk into my Lent no different than really anybody else and fail pretty epically right from the start. One of the commitments we wanted to make as a family was going to daily Mass on Wednesday mornings at 6.45 at our parish. And this week, I guess last week, rather, by the time you're listening to this, I completely forgot. I mean, legitimately drove up to drop the girls off at school as people were coming out of the church at 7.15 and literally said out loud, I totally forgot to bring us to church. And my six-year-old Rose, she went, is today Sunday? I said, no, buddy, it's Wednesday. And she went, oh, that's okay, mom. We don't have to go to church on Wednesday. (laughs) And I realized I'd kind of forgotten to tell my whole family, yeah, this is a thing that I want to do. I hadn't really named it. I hadn't really articulated it. So therefore, I didn't really make it happen. I felt terrible. And so I said to my husband that night, okay, tomorrow morning, we're going to get up and we're going to go to morning mass and make up for the day that we missed today. And he looked at me and he said, you do remember I have a meeting at school tomorrow morning at 7.05, so I can't make it to mass. There's no way I can go to mass at 6.45 and make it in time for the meeting of department heads, which means you'd be solo at the daily mass with the three and six-year-old. And I said, that's fine. That's fine. It'll be fine. We'll totally make it work. It's not like I don't know how to mother my children. And then, of course, that night slash early that morning, Claire, my three-year-old, decided to wake up every hour on the hour from 1 to 4 a.m. So guess who didn't go to 6.45 morning mass? Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. It's me. I felt like a real failure of the Lenten season. And then I got a text message about an hour or so after I dropped the girls off from school from a priest friend of mine 
who actually recently got reassigned to a new parish and, and he's leaving in the middle of Lent from our parish and it's really heartbreaking and we're going to miss him dearly and it kind of feels extremely Lenty to have to go through this and he said, hey, I have to say mass today and I'm not on the parish schedule. Would you want to come to the day chapel in attendance about 10 o'clock in the morning? And I said, yeah, I would. When something doesn't really work out the way we want it to, or we feel like an epic failure in the Lenten season, or we try to amp it up because we think I need to be more intense in my penance because that's the only way to succeed. God sometimes looks at us and goes, just, can I handle this? Can I take care of this? Can you trust in me? If you keep it simple, I can make it good. That's what we're talking about this week. As we walk through Father Agustino Torres's book, about how we are preparing for heaven, how we are made for heaven, how our Lenten journey reminds us of that in our lives. I wanted to sit down with an incredible Catholic couple, mom and dad, husband and wife to one another, Claire and Mike Couchy, mom and dad to young Peter. They really have an incredible ethos about how to keep things simple, both in family life, in marriage, in prayer, of course, in the season of Lent. They're the founders of Finding Philothea, a really incredible ministry that they run through Instagram and online. You'll love the stuff that they offer. We've got a link down in the show notes. And hey, by the way, if you want to read Father Agostino's book, if you want to walk through this Lenten journey and dive into the content that we're digging into here on the show, you can check out Ave Maria Press's website where you can grab a copy of Made for Heaven and use our code AEX24 and you'll be able to get a great discount on not only that, but everything else available on the Ave Maria Press website. For right now, we'd love it if you'd sit back and enjoy this conversation about keeping Lent simple with Claire and Mike Couchy of Finding Philothea. Claire and Mike Couchy with a great couch uh, after seven years. Welcome to Ave Explorers. It's always great to chat with you guys. I, um, I love all the great things that y'all are doing on social media, that y'all are doing with your podcast. Introduce yourselves. To our audience, it's been a couple of years since we've had you guys on. Thank you. So, yes, I'm Claire and this is Mike. Mike. And we have been married for seven years. We're a Catholic couple. We have one son, Peter Couchy, and we started finding Philothea together shortly after Peter was born. And it's a platform, a Catholic platform that shares a life lived for Christ and the joy, beauty, and mercy found in a life striving for him. Mm. So a huge focus on beauty and mercy and just the joy and sometimes some Legos thrown in there too with oh, my oh. computer. <laughs> and Mike, you work in like organization. I actually don't know what you do for a living, uh, but I know you have a doctorate and it's really cool. Yeah. I have my, I have my PhD in industrial engineering. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I use that to optimize systems and make processes better. Let's save money. Let's yeah. make things better. Make people happier. That's why you're a Lego guy. <laughs> Have you uh, yeah. optimized any build instructions? Because every now and then you're like, that's a dumb rule. Like I should yeah, have put that piece there. <laughs> this whole podcast this season, we're, d- we're talking to people about their Lenten experiences. We're going through Father Agostino's Made for Heaven. Tell me like what Lent looks like in your family. Peter is second grade. He just received first communion not long ago. So I'm sure Lent might take on a little bit of a different experience now with a, a kid that can receive mm-hmm. the Blessed Sacrament. But how, how does Lent work for a young millennial married couple with a son, homeschooling? It just like tell us the story of your Lents. Sure. So usually with Lent, we try to do something together as a family. And that 
when I say do something, that means we we try to give something up, but then we want to replace it with something mm-hmm. as well that's life giving and brings us closer mm-hmm. together and brings us closer to the church. I would say it's a little different this year because I was asked midway through January 1st to do Exodus 90. Oh, and I've never done it before. <laughs> and I was sitting there drinking a Dr. Pepper, eating a chocolate bar. <laughs> and my friend goes, Hey, you want to do it? And I go, Oh, let me come to the first meeting. <laughs> but I'm going to finish the day celebrating. And so I decided to do it. And so it already feels like I'm in it. And we've already seen some beautiful fruit from it. Mm-hmm. I talk about the cold showers because they're cold. <laughs> and we heard Peter say the other day, I'm I'm turning it over a little bit at the end cold, just as a sacrifice. Oh, wow. And so so it, it just shows how what we do as adults just impacts our children. So they're always watching. So even vocalizing, I'll never forget a mother told me once, smile when you pray, like, and that Mm. always impacted me and to make it a joyful experience, but at their level too, is so important Mm -hmm. to make that incarnation a reality that Christ came, that anything visual, we tried to make visual aspects come alive Mm. for him, but he loves making little stories. So he did the stations of the cross, a little booklet and Mm. Just those little small acts of love. I I love for me personally, keeping it simple Mm -hmm. because my personality goes all in and I have a checklist, like 10 things I want to do. And by day two, I feel like I'm not (laughs) doing any of them. So just remembering to surrender that simplicity and the end goal is union with Christ, union with Christ, not the to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Lent sometimes gets this rap as like a a spiritual self-help regimen. And it's like, well, I'll do all these things and I'll be thinner or Mm -hmm. I'll have more self-discipline and mastery in this particular area. And it's like, I mean, that's not a problem, but the point was transfiguration into being more like Jesus. The point wasn't just like, I feel better because I'm not, you know, sluggish Mm -hmm. from a soda. Mm -hmm. This week, Father Augustino was talking about the transfiguration. What does that word mean to y'all? Like in your marriage with your kids, like that's a loaded word to say like, oh yeah, Lent is going to transfigure us. What what does that mean to y'all? Yeah. So when we were first married, we had gotten a book, mm-hmm. Letters to a Young Bride by Alice von Hillebrand, and we read it together and I loved it. It's definitely the book we give to everyone who gets married mm-hmm. and we say, read this together. It's not just for brides. And one of the things that she always continuously presents Mm. through these letters is the Tabor vision. So Mm. how do you view your spouse? It's returning to your first love. And how did you fall in love with them? Why did you fall in love with them? And I always see it as seeing people in the best light. And so that's what it means to me in marriage. And I, I see the connections and the analogies to the original transfiguration and how that that was Jesus fully revealed in, in his best light. And mm-hmm. that's where we're called in Lent to return. I mean, I love Ash Wednesday, that first reading. Even now, return to me with your whole heart. Even now, there is mercy. Mm. Yeah, for me, the transfiguration, my what I, whenever I think of that, I think of the luminous mysteries and whenever I'm praying it I I pray Jesus just transform me transfigure me my family and how easy it is especially like I I love the Tabor vision but 
I'm like St. Peter, like, let's stay here. Let's stay up on this mountain. Let's build three tents and, and hang out. It's beautiful too, that it's Calvary that we're called to Calvary too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think the hardships of Lent reveal that, you know, the, the story of the transfiguration comes to us kind of early in Lent and we can be tempted mm-hmm. to be like, you know what? Things are going great. Things are smooth sailing. I'm liking this fast. It's not too difficult. And mm-hmm. maybe I can push myself a little more. I can I can do like Peter and t- turn it cold yeah. just at the very end kind of thing. But it's almost like there's a, I don't know how to say this. I'm not, I'm not trying to come across as heretical, but like if all we want to do is stay on the mountain, it's like we've become lax in our love of the Lord because I think it's easier to love Jesus when you see him in his divine glory. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to love Jesus when he's carrying a cross and you're like, wait a second, there's a defeat coming. Like this mm-hmm. is not, that's why they all abandoned him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I feel like Lent is this, we can make it easy or we can make it hard. We can say like, oh, I'm just going to do like the very bare minimum, or I'm really going to try to push myself. What are some fasts or some, some prayer regimens or even some like almsgiving that's really, I don't want to say worked because I don't want Lent to sound like that self-help program, <laughs> but like what has in, in previous Lent's, like what have you noticed? Oh my gosh, this bears so much fruit. We've got to do it again. For me, it was social media fasting. And that was Mm. the hardest thing. Our ministry is in social media. And I was clutching onto it. I was like, I felt the call. I was like, God, I'll give you anything this year. And immediately I heard social media. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) maybe not. But the minute I surrendered that, it was the most powerful Lent. It was, I was creating an idol out of it. And the minute I, surrender that that was the most powerful so the sacrificing of social media like how did because that is a big thing especially if it's your income it's your ministry it's this component i mean it's even just like putting the phone down can kind of feel like you've lost an appendage how how did you was it hard like you're saying it was hard to to say i'm gonna do this was it hard like day 21 when you're in the middle of it it was and the the beautiful thing is to replace it with something good i'll never forget father dave pavanka mm-hmm. i was in austria with him and i was about to can't offer him a cookie and he's like no i gave up chocolate this this let and i was like what like don't you want this and he goes i always <laughs> try to replace anything i give up with something good so i'm reading scripture more and that impacted me. Mm. So anytime I give something up, I try to implement something and, and I focused on scripture that year and it just transformed everything. So filling with Christ when we when we surrender, just filling with something good and beautiful always helps. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much off social media, so it's a little bit a little bit easier for me. <laughs> of course, I'm thinking like, oh, don't you want to like keep going? And that was definitely that temptation. Like, why? You know, like why? Mm-hmm. But Mm-hmm. When when you do replace it with something like that, and I think one of those times we did watch like the Wild Goose series together, and that was just incredible to say I'd never experienced watching mm-hmm. something like that, and just drawing you closer, your spouse drawing you closer, you know, I think further up, further in, in a sense, with the faith and how that's what we're called to do. We're called to strip away these distractions and move further up further into our faith so that we're able to be who we're called to be and i feel like too when you give those things up or add something in it like 
you kind of start to notice things about yourself that <laughs> at first are not not pleasing to see. Yeah, it's true. like when your kid does something and you're like, oh, gosh, that's the worst quality of me and my spouse. And I don't enjoy it in my child. So nobody else probably <laughs> likes it inside of me. Rose walked out of the room the other day kind of sassy. We asked her to go do something. My mom and dad were over and she got to the hallway and she went, ah, and just like, you know, classic dramatic six-year-old. And my mom cracked up. I was like, what is so funny? She's like, that is, that's you. That's you at that age. That's you now. And I was like, I don't appreciate this. And I feel like that happens in Lent. We've done these things and we're like, I don't appreciate how this is affecting me, Lord. Or we try to add prayer in. And I feel like that's the loosey-goosey one. Everybody can tithe. We know what it means to give up chocolate. You're both very prayerful people. I've seen this in your social media. I've seen this in your ministry. I've heard you talk about it in your podcast. But I feel like for couples, especially prayer can be this, okay, do I just say a rosary with my spouse? Do we just like say Hail Mary and roll over and go to sleep and like stare at our phones for another hour? Tell us like your individual prayer lives obviously look a certain way, but then together as a family, as a couple, what is prayer like for you? Yeah, I think individually right now I'm doing the holy hours in the morning for Exodus 90 Mm -hmm. and I'm always bringing intentions from from our family and just the things that we work through and the things that we are going through mm-hmm. every day. That's that's what I I bring to the Lord. One thing that's been really beneficial when we can do it is going to adoration together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've been we've been blessed because there's two parishes here, and one will go to confession, but it's in the adoration chapel. There's mm-hmm. a confessional off the side of it. And so it's awesome that we can all three of us go and then we'll, we'll spend a little time and it's, it's very special. And since our wedding night, Mike has been, I love simple prayers. That's if I overcomplicate, I know I'll trail off, but every single day (laughs) since our wedding night, Mike has prayed this prayer. If you want to say it, it's just the consecration. Yeah, we consecrate our marriage and family to the Holy Family. So that Claire becomes more like Mary and I more like Joseph and Peter more like Jesus. So that we have a living Nazareth here on earth. And just that simple, it's been the rock of our marriage because even in sickness and health, if we've had disagreements, we, no matter what state we're in, might make sure like he always does that. And prayer. That's how we end, end the day always. Because mm-hmm. some seasons we're doing novena together, like we just finished the Holy Cloak novena together as a family. But some seasons are dry. That's just the reality. But that mm-hmm. that simple prayer has been the anchor for us. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage anyone, just it's, especially if you are struggling, keep it simple. It could be a glory be first thing. It could be consecrating your marriage to the Holy Family, whatever it is. But keep it simple to have that consistency. I think that's a good advice for like outside of Lent. Absolutely. But especially inside of Lent. I mean, the spiritual self-help regimen comes about when there's that to-do list or when there's all these rules that have to be followed. The genius of Exodus 90 for guys is it's like, it's pretty straightforward. Like you can't have these things (laughs) and you're doing these things. And it's like nothing, like you don't have to go read Aquinas. Mm -hmm. Nobody's asking Mm -hmm. you to go make this like massive walk across a country to get to a pilgrimage site. It's it's stuff that can be done inside of your home. It's almost kind of the genius of the transfiguration. Jesus doesn't Mm -hmm. take them to some crazy place. He takes them up a mountain Mm -hmm. and like just shows them himself. And then Jesus says, and Father Agostino points this out in the book, like the voice of God doesn't address, he doesn't just Jesus. He addresses the people who, witness it mm-hmm. and I, I never even thought about that like normally you hear about god the father it's like we know that god the father talks to his son 
But in this instance, God the Father was talking to Peter, James, and John and told them to pay attention. What what does the voice of God sound like to you? Like Claire, if, if the Lord is speaking to you, like how do you share that with Mike? Mike, if you're like I, this is on my heart and my family, because I feel like this this is a great advice. Keep the prayer simple at the end of the day, but then sometimes there's deeper discernment that needs to occur. There's mm-hmm. desires of the heart that need to be shared. And it's like, I really feel the Lord is speaking to me, but some couples just don't feel vulnerable enough with one another to share that. Mm-hmm. What's your advice in that regard? They always keep the communication lines open. <laughs> that's like number one, when you talk about vulnerability, that's so important in every aspect of a marriage, but particularly in prayer, because it mm-hmm. is a vulnerable personal experience. It's a personal relationship with God. And so keeping those communication lines open, providing that opportunity, providing that space. And to be in a state of grace when you are discerning something, Mm. especially to communicate, but I know I can get emotional with things and sometimes you can too. So Mm -hmm. to, to balance it out and to anchor and to talk things through, to use prudence, the memory within prudence, I I think (laughs) Thomas Aquinas talks about that's one of the the eight things in prudence is our memory. So going back to past events in our marriage, how did this make us feel when we made this decision or that decision, but Mm -hmm. really to be vulnerable with each other and share our hearts and no topic is off topic for us, which Mm -hmm. is is Mm -hmm. good. But to even begin conversations with prayer and to know Mike talks about this a lot, the theme of the moment, if you know, if now's not a good time to talk or discern, <laughs> let it be and put it off to to a better time. Right. Too. Mm-hmm. That's a great piece of advice. I I'm often the one in our marriage who's like, no, we have to hash this out right now because I I need to talk about. It. I'm an external processor in those regards, and Tommy's very internal, mm. and so there have been many times where we have to like set a timer. Okay, thirty right. minutes. You get thirty minutes to think, like and then that. I get thirty minutes to, to cool down, and then and we like use a kids timer. It's the one that we That's do for amazing. homework. <laughs> so it's also the it's the disagreement timer. It's the conversation timer. I love that. That's good. Yeah, he's a little green man, so it also kind of is amusing when you like set the timer and put it up on the counter, and it's just absurdist looking, and you're like, okay, I can chill out about yeah. this. But I almost wonder if like Jesus had to do that with the apostles sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, they would be a little hot-headed. Peter hopped right out of the boat, start walking on the water, and then totally lost his head. I mean, he ran away at the cross. But Jesus didn't, even outside of time, knowing these things are going to occur, still revealed himself in the transfiguration, still said, like, you can see me for all that I am, which I think for married couples, the the confidence of marriage is knowing that the person sees me for all that I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between, like they know me maybe most of all, and then we can know Jesus together. We have Peter, a great young man who has, from what I've I've seen you share about him, it's just like a really dynamic faith. How do y'all foster Lent for him? You don't want to go too intense, mm-hmm. like freak him out about the church, yeah. but like you still want to do things together as a family. You've got your holy hour. Are there conversations you're having about sacrifice? Are there things that you're saying like, this is what we're donating to this month, or this is how we're going to go be generous? What is What's the kid language that you use to make it accessible for him? Something that's helped is I do into the deep catechesis and and just walking through that with him, but that one-on-one intentional time with him to walk and and to talk with him and ask him if he does have questions Mm -hmm. is amazing to have those conversations. And yeah, what would you say with that? Yeah, I think he's naturally inquisitive. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one thing I've done ever since he was born even before he was born, I just talked to him like a regular person. 
You know, there wasn't a lot of Goo Goo Gaga baby talk. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I when he was like six months, I'd be saying, and this is how a wheel works. And these are, all, you know, it's all these things, right? So The engineer yeah, in you, yeah. Right? <laughs> that's why he likes Lego. But that's one thing that he, like, he'll ask the deep questions and we'll go there. And, and if I don't know the answer, I'll say, let's figure it out together. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it is taking the time. I I think a lot about how God loves us and how he reveals things to us. And that's how we're called as parents to reveal to our children. Mm-hmm. And so that means listening with an open ear, mm-hmm. open mind, and not discounting what they're what they're thinking, what they're asking, inquiring about. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to show, hey, what you're what you're thinking about, what you're asking about, that's important. Mm-hmm. And to push them a bit too. Mm-hmm. Like I I know for Peter, and I can't wait to have this conversation with him. It's just like what how have you grown this Lent? Or, you know, how how has this affected you? You know, to ask these questions to to him because it is real to them. And even how he is making the showers a little colder, children can handle it and they want it. I think sometimes we belittle what they can handle, but they they're yearning. They're so pure of heart. They're yearning. Rose recently told me, so my husband read Fellowship of the Ring for the first time, which was like, you've never been more attractive to me than when you were reading Tolkien. You know, like, how did, why did it take you so long? And so then he loved it so much. I can happily admit on this podcast to two friends who like Lego. I bought Rivendell. I bought Lego Rivendell for us. That's amazing. Yeah. And so and so it came to the house and it's a lot of pieces. We haven't opened it yet. We're going to do it during Lent. By the time this podcast airs, we will have started because there's 49 bags and there's 40 days of Lent. So we can like break it up. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So I and it was like this, like this is going to be our thing. And then Rose so lovingly told me one night at bedtime, she was like, can can I do it, too? And I was like, yeah, buddy, like you can do a few pieces. And she's like, no, can I read The Lord of the Rings, too? Oh, and I, wow. I was like. Ah, uh, I mean, like we're at a first grade reading level. I can read it out loud to you. And then I discovered the Illustrated Hobbit. I was like, we're going to do that. We're totally going to do the Illustrated Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, I I wasn't discounting her intelligence, but I just like assumed she wouldn't be interested in that. Just like I think with spiritual stuff, like I assume my kid's not going to want to pray rosary. Or I assume mm-hmm. they're not going to want to do the holy hour. And like, actually, like maybe I could invite them into that elevation Definitely. That makes me think even with Peter, even a month ago, he was quiet sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, what are you doing? And he said, I'm praying my decade of the rosary. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, you do that? <laughs> Unprompted, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. And, I, and I asked, can, can I join you from now on? And so it's beautiful letting them lead to, you know, yeah. through their, because every child, just like every adult, prays differently. And to Lent is a beautiful time to explore how your child prays, what they're mm-hmm. there, if it's like a decade of the rosary, or if it's more vocal prayer or mm-hmm. those acts of service, but it's a beautiful mm-hmm. time to explore and, and grow as a family. That's awesome. Oh man. I can't wait for our kids to hang out. I, I mean, know. That'll be really awesome. <laughs> Claire, Mike, you know, we've ended every conversation this season with a very simple, and I love that you guys were talking about keeping things simple so that Jesus can, you know, just take over in a lot of ways. But somebody comes to you, let's say in the second week of Lent, 
And they're just like, it's going terribly. Like I've tried really hard. I did, I did Ash Wednesday. First week was fine. And like, now I'm like back to needing coffee creamer and Mm -hmm. snackies in the middle of the day. And like, I've totally given up on this daily mass thing. What's your word of encouragement? What's the, the boost that you give to that person so that they can persevere during the Lenten season? I would say, see it as a gift and a mercy. Whenever we fall, we give and run back to Christ. We give Christ its greatest joy, that of being a savior. And that's what mm-hmm. Lent is all about, running to Christ, the savior. So these little stumbles, see them as a gift and a mercy, that merciful love that we can run towards Christ. He gives us so many opportunities. Every second can be a new beginning. And the mm-hmm. time for grace is now. It's not in the past, so entrust the past to him the future, Tim, the time for grace is now. So see it as an exciting gift that you get to run to Christ, your savior. Going off that, I think it's it's a lot about being in the present moment. That's all about the spiritual life is, you know, we mess up so many times, but let's be in the present moment. And mm-hmm. I think of a, one of the quotes from Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Tuan and how he says, a line is made up of a million points. So a straight line is made up of a million points. So it's if I can be that one point right now, and it's just that collection over and over, mm-hmm. there's there's still time to get back on track. And mm-hmm. he even says in the book that he wrote, Five Loaves, Two Fish, it's look how simple a life of holiness can be. It's all we have to do is live this mm-hmm. minute perfectly. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, mm. sometimes it's like, whoa, like, how can I do that? Because all these minutes. But then when you really think about it, it's like just this minute, just mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Just right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you be present to the Lord? How can you be present to the people that you're with? And how can you recommit yourself to what you are wanting to do and doing that every minute? Mm-hmm. And that you are loved for who you are, not what you do. I think so often we think we have to do things, but we are loved for being a daughter, a son of, of God, that it's not this to-do list and just to surrender and bask in his love. I think some of my best lunch have just been laying my to-do list, my everything at his feet and basking in that love and mm-hmm. contemplating him, his love for me. Yeah. Ah, such great advice. Claire, Mike, where can we follow you guys on social media? Learn a little bit more about your ministry. Listen to your podcast. So you can follow us at Finding Philothea on Instagram and visit our blog, findingphilothea.com and the Finding Philothea podcast. Awesome. We'll put some links down in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. When I was a student in college, I had a professor who would often remind us before we had papers due to keep it simple. And then he'd often add, keep it simple, stupid. The KISS method is the best way to walk through life. And we would always kind of groan because it was such a dad joke. but. You know, in in all honesty, let's omit the stupid and just say, keep it simple. And that philosophy, that idea, that plan can maybe allow our Lent to be fruitful. Simplicity yields fruitfulness. Over the weekend, my husband and I were working on our garden in the front yard and cleaning out the flower beds and putting down some wildflower seeds like we do every year. And a couple of years now, we've put these wildflower seeds in. And so now we've got some some perennials that come back year after year after year. And so as we're weeding out the garden and as we're, we're getting things ready to go for the, the first planting in a couple of weeks, once we're sure that winter is completely and totally done, 
I, I asked my husband, you know, what seeds did you get this year? We always order a particular blend of wildflower seeds for this region. And he said, you know, I thought we'd keep it simple this year. I just got two different types. And he said, it's supposed to cut down on the amount of weeds that grow in between all the different types of flowers. You know, wildflowers are beautiful and they kind of run wild in a garden and they create these incredible pollinator experiences for the bees and the butterflies. But the challenge can sometimes be that weeds will pop up in between these very complicated mix of flowers. And so he ordered a seed mix that was just two separate types of wildflowers in a hope to keep things tidier in an effort to actually make the garden as beautiful as it could be. And the words of Claire and Mike about keeping Lent simple kind of bounced into my head as he said that. It's not that doing more or doing the most is a bad thing in the Lenten season. It's that God can maybe do more with us when we let him do the most and we allow ourselves to embrace it and walk through it simply. Allowing our prayerful time, allowing our fasting time, allowing our giving of alms to be focused and not all over the place doing everything that I think I possibly have to do to make Lent fruitful, but instead embrace, maybe even the slow pace, embrace that simplicity. We're grateful that you spent some time with us today here on Ave Explorers. Remember to use code AEX24 on the Ave Maria Press website. It gives you a great discount on incredible things we have available there, including Father Agostino Torres' book, Made for Heaven. We're walking through this book the entire season of Lent, so you're not going to want to miss out. There's still plenty of time to grab a copy. Use it. Allow it to be a fruitful experience for you in Lent. We'll be back next week with some more incredible content right here on Ave Explorers. We can't wait to see you then. Thanks for being with us today. Bye.